الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم We are in ayah 25 in surah al-Fatir surah number 35 A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wa'in yukadzibuka faqad kadzaba al-lazina min qablihim Jaa'atham rusuluhum bil-bayyinati wal-zuburi wal-kitabil munir Previously, we discussed how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent a warner, someone to warn people throughout the ages. <coughs> and if the warner is a human being, then the human being will come as someone who gives glad tidings and warnings. Warner is the mind or the aqal, the intellect, then every person is responsible to ascertain through the mind that the creator of the universe is one, which will be discussed later on, inshallah, today. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if they deny you, refuse you, if they refute you or belie you, then you must know, O Muhammad sallallahu that those before them have also denied, rejected, belied the prophets of their time. <coughs> those who came before, they also came with uh, the clear proofs and with revealed writs as translated here. Anything that is divinely revealed and then recited. And also they came with the very bright, enlightening book and scripture. So here Allah subhanahu wa is consoling the Prophet that as you are going through this ordeal of being rejected by your people of Makkah and in Makkah and the people are not uh, paying attention to you. In fact, people are running away from you. And then you must not lose hope and you must understand that in human history, this is commonplace, this is normal, that whenever the truth comes, falsehood will always stand in front to deny the truth from being appreciated, accepted, and then implemented. And this Allah subhanahu wa says that this uh, rejection came to messengers who came with clear proofs with the evidences with 
the mu'ajizat, miracles. Yeah. Meaning that this was not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not provide for them clear proofs, intellectual and also physical. It was because that they rejected and they wanted to reject the message and the truth. Um, then Allah says that he also sent these messengers with other revealed writs and other revealed information about the afterlife, about the unseen world and so on. And then he also sent to them with a very clear revealing enlightening book or scripture. So whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers, he sent them equipped with the tools for engagement and with the abilities with which they would be able to bring forward the evidences and the proofs of their message and of their mission. Yeah. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never sent anyone without any uh, ability or any uh, equipment and apparatus and anything else that was needed to convince people. Then ultimately it's up to people whether they want to believe in the miracle or they want to believe in the argumentation or the proof or they want to believe in the scripture and in revelation. But if these people, Muhammad in Makkah, are rejecting you, then it is not something new in human history. You must also understand that you're going through the same phase and the same ordeal. Then after a time when uh, everything was said and done, and all the proofs and evidences and all the other forms of revelation had been extinguished and exhausted. Uh, still, after all that, if they continued to reject and disbelieve, then Allah says, I then captured and caught those who disbelieved. Meaning, I seized them, I punished them because the hujjah the ultimate proof of delivering revelation had been now implemented and after that is implemented there is nothing except acceptance or rejection from the divine and see how uh, how great uh, my rejecting them was because Allah subhanahu wa says that he is able to show his might and power if people remain obstinate and if people do not comply with the wishes of the divine and if people continue to be tyrants and oppressive and go against the will of not only Allah but also the will of the cosmos where there should be justice and there should be peace and tranquility and people should have the ability to worship Allah the way they want to. If they don't, uh, <coughs> resist that, then there is divine punishment. This was for the 
nations who came before Muhammad This was the rule then, that in those times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would seize and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would punish people. But with Muhammad is coming, he did not punish or seize any people or any nation except those that were destined to be killed at Badr and then later on in a few other battles. But on the whole, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spared human beings from being punished totally and wiped out totally until the day of judgment when the trumpet will be blown into and then people will be destroyed. But that will be right at the end of time, not now. So we have a lot of time to reconsider, to repent and to come back to terms with <coughs> what Allah wants us to do. All of this is now leading up to the next set of ayat which speak of Allah's Tawheed, that speak of Allah's creativity and speak of Allah's diversity in creation, as you will see. Alam tara anna Allah anzala minas samaa'i maa'a fa'akhrajna bihi thamaratim mukhtalifan alwanuha. Don't you see, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that indeed Allah, he sends down from the heavens rain or water. He sends from the sky water. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's system and his organization is such that rain beneficial comes down from the heavens from above and that when it comes down what happens so there's one source of rain and water and through this one source of life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does the following then we do produce and bring forth through that water Many fruits, and they are of very different colors. So one is many fruits, and then from the many fruits, each fruit has a distinct color. And the fruits amongst themselves, they also have different colors. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing the creativity, the might in his creativity, that he's able to create from one source, which is rainwater, something uh, without which we cannot live. And that is produce, that is vegetation, that is fruits and vegetables, and everything else that grows from the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He creates and he creates diversity. The tamarat, there are so many different types of fruits. So you'll have fruits that have seeds, in the inside, and you'll have fruits that have seeds on the outside. And there are fruits that you'll eat the seed and the fruit also. So many different types. Then you have these types of fruits, citrus fruits, and you have other fruits in other parts of the world. Wherever you go, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates from one source so many different types of fruits. Thamarat. So Thamarat, because the Thamarat came from Jannah through Adam, the seeds came with him. 
مختلف الوانها and then you look at the different shades and different colors and different types and different kinds and you'll see all of this great diversity and that is the point of these ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ingenious creation as magnificent and wonderful as it is is also extremely diverse and the diversity is a sign of his tawheed the diversity is a sign of his oneness that one can create so many yeah, so a plurality in creation does not denote a plurality in divinity the divine is able to create as one being uh, a testimony to his oneness is the oneness of the source from which he creates and that oneness is the water that comes down from the heavens ومن الجبال جدد بيض وحمر مختلف الوانها then when you look into his creation on earth you will see that there are mountains that have ranges enormous ranges of mountains and you look and think of all the mountains and the rocks and the stone that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made on earth from underneath the earth on top of the earth and so on some are white وحمرون and some are red مختلف الألوان and there are different colors وغرابي بسود and some are extreme black so now if you travel the world and you go around seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation where mountains may not necessarily yield fruit right it's the plains that usually have the fruits so where there are no fruits, there is variety in creation. Even there, there's variety. So whether the land is arable, uh, whether the land is agricultural, or whether the land is arid and barren, it will have diversity. Then you think about this. And this amazing ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you go and travel the world, and you're left totally in awe of Allah's creation. In total awe. That is how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation is. And the mountain doesn't move. Right? Allah has created something that simply doesn't move. It stays there for God knows how many millions of years. It stays there. Where there's all the storms. Okay? Whereas the fruit is reproduced every season, every year. The mountains don't move. So whether it's changing, whether his variety is with changing uh, creation, or whether his variety is with unchanging creation. It doesn't matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates this and that. So now, you look at all of these mountains, and you see different colors, and you see different sediments, and you see different layers of rock, and you see all of this when you subject yourself to the might and power and then this gives you awe and inspiration and this leads you to believe that the creator of this must be one this is why in the previous ayah I mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everybody a mind with which they should be able to conclude or deduce 
or into it that the crater of everything around me has to be one. There can be no second crater. And this is the point of these ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing about this tremendous uh, foray of um, his creativity. Which is what the surah is saying. Al-Fatir, the one who creates without any uh, blueprint. So Allah creates all of this without any blueprint. And it, he, he creates uh, from scratch. And then there are from people. So many different types. If you go with the idea or the aqidah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam from dirt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam from the earth. Right? So in the earth you have so many different colors and so many different types and so many different metals and so many different uh, chemical compositions and all of that good stuff. Allah created Adam from all of this. When he needed the dough of Adam, he collected all different types of dirt and earth from the earth. And then he needed the dough from that. So from mankind, there are so many different types of people. In color, in uh, what what's it called? Psyche, in psychology, in personality, in weight, height, looks, of culture, right, of languages. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that look at the diversity in fruits and look at the diversity in nature and especially the mountains around you. Then observe the diversity in you, in human beings. And see how each different group of human beings are similar but different because the I would assume the DNA composition is about the same right am I right 98 percent of us of all of us have the same thing hopefully so what separates one from the other so you have these ethnic uh, varieties and you have this racial varieties and you have these uh, now post creation uh, according to the human phenomenon social varieties, and then cultural varieties, and all of that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that even human beings, we have created with such great diversity. And then in each family, there is diverse creativity. No one member of any family is going to be the same. So much diversity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing this forward to the reader of the Qur'an to show him and her, that Allah is in total control of everything that is different. And despite this difference, he still creates. And despite this difference, he still maintains the world and the universe. And despite these differences, he still feeds people and does everything in order for them to maintain their lives. And the more you talk about the diversity of human beings, the more you'll understand what I'm saying, obviously. All of you, I'm sure, have many other different forms, categorizations. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then has another categorization of diversity in human beings. And that is uh, that uh, all the actions of human beings are different. In sa'ayakum la shatta. 
القرآن professions that seem to monopolize the ummah of America. <laughs> It's an American thing. Right? In other parts of the world, you have so much diversity in professions. Anyway, but here Allah is saying that your actions are different. Your actions are diverse. One does this, the other does that. Your actions in the day are not the same as the actions in the night. Your actions in winter are not the same as your actions in summer. And your actions when you are pious are not the same as when your actions are when, they, when you are impious, and so on. So every day you do so many different types of actions. Even in your actions, there's diversity. In your thoughts, there's diversity, and so on, so on, etc., etc. Right? Even in the Anbiya, there are diversity. Allah didn't make each Nabi like a cookie cutter, the same. Each Nabi was different from the other, although they are on the same level of Nabuwa and the platform of Nabuwa and Wahi, etc. But they were different and they were diverse. Waddawab and also insects are very different. The hundreds and thousands, if not millions of species of things that crawl on the earth, inside the earth, on top of the earth, It's just amazing, mind-boggling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sustained all of this life despite its diversity. And they all have their energy levels and they all have their natures and they all have their dispositions and they all have their instincts and they all have their food. Allah provides all of them. Walanam and likewise cattle. There are so many different types of cattle. That they are four-legged creatures. And they are so different in their nature, so different in their usage and their function and everything else. Mukhtalifun alwanuhu. All of different colors. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expressing this reality in the cosmos. That in the cosmos there is one source of life. And through that one source there is diversity. So that the idea of shirk or worshipping idols or making st uh, stones into idols or worshipping human beings who are different from each other, uh, it doesn't go very well rationally. Yeah, you want to worship one human being, what's the difference between this human being and this human being? Mm. You want to worship the one and only who is unique and stands alone. That's the idea here. You don't want to worship something that may be similar to something else as a shabih, as a mithal, as a mathal, as a similar uh, object or thing. You want to worship the one who is totally independent of everything else and stands alone and is unique and has no comparable, has no parallel, has no challenger and there he stands there, remains alone. So that's the one you want to worship. Gadalik, thus. Likewise, yeah. So here we see that the ayah is coming.
towards a conclusion where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ Indeed, in your ability to fear God and to fear Allah, you are diverse. So some will fear and others will not fear. Some will come close to God and others will not come to God. Come close. And even in that khashya, in that reverence and in that fear, you are going to be diverse, you are going to be different. But this is one category of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now commends. So there are many categories of people. People with blue eyes and blonde hair. People with brown eyes and black hair. And people with different color eyes and different color hair. So many different types of people. Some people who speak this language and that. Some people who eat this way. All of those categories aside, Allah subhanahu wa says, I'm going to introduce you to a category of people that uh, is commended. And that must be uh, understood as the one who's going to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because through this diversity, you should be afraid. Allah is capable of, um, of creating all of this diversity. So if Allah is capable of creating richness in one person, then he is capable of creating poverty in the same person. If Allah subhanahu is capable of creating health and wellness in one person, he is capable of creating sickness in the same person. If Allah subhanahu is capable of creating happiness and joy in one person, is capable of creating the mis- misery and sorrow in the same person. So this is how the khashya, the fear, comes in. That you see Allah's ability to be diverse in his creation and he can alternate and change what he has created you with and in at any moment. That's where the khashya comes. Okay? There's a primary level of understanding of this ayah, which is that when you see the diversity in creation, you're in awe, and then you fear Allah, which is fine. And there's a secondary level of understanding, which I'm alluding to, and that is this ayah refers to the reality that when you know Allah is capable of changing his creation at any time, then he's capable of changing what he has created in me. So I could become something else overnight. That's where the fear dawns upon you. Life is not stable. Life is not always a straight line. Life has meanders, there's a curve, there's a curve every moment, there's a curve every day, there's a curve every week and a month. That's why nothing goes right for us in our lives, seemingly. Right? I'm supposed to do this this week. Doesn't happen. I'm supposed to do this this week. It doesn't happen. I'm supposed to be this rich by now. It hasn't happened. I'm supposed to be healthy by now. That's the ability of Allah to diversify His creativity in you. Not in the creation outside of you. You have to go from, you have to come from there to here. So the bridge must be from the creation outside of you into the creation in you. That's where the khashya, where the, 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 uh, uh, the fear and awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes in. So you fear Allah at this level where you're going to say and believe that he's able to 
change me overnight, then you're not arrogant. Then you're not pride. You don't, you, you're not proud. Then you're not boastful. Then you're not conceited. Then you're not holier than thou. Then you are humble. Then you worship Allah. This is how this ayah brings about a change in the people who understand al-ulama. So those who know how Allah works in his creation and Allah's, they understand and appreciate Allah's diversity, they will be the ones who fear Allah. Meaning if you fear Allah, you understand. And if you don't understand, you don't fear. So the, the ulama are those who understand Allah's ability to uh, create and then recreate and then uncreate in such a way that is diverse all the time. And then they understand how Allah does that in the cosmos and how Allah subhanahu does that within themselves. So every day you may have a new mood. You may have a different feeling. Every day is not Sunday. Or today is Sunday. So you're lucky. Right. Every day it changes. It alternates. So this the Quran, one of the major themes of the Quran is the alternation of the day and night of the seasons, the sun, the moon, the stars, night. This is about alternation with diversity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings in this reality and phenomenon of appreciating that uh, those who know and understand his ability to do this, they will be the ones who hold him in awe, in respect, and they fear him. Inna Allah azizun ghafoor. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all supreme. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is overpowering. He is mighty and powerful. Aziz. Aziz is someone who is supreme and mighty and powerful and overwhelming. So he is able to uncreate and create within you because of his power and his ability, which he does. So there are some rules in a human behavior that are known as universal truths. Like the Prophet said, Man takabbara wada'ahullah uman tawada'ah So these are universal truths of how to behave that whoever is arrogant, Allah will show him uh, and make him eat the humble pie. Uh, and whoever is humble, Allah will raise him. Okay, so arrogance only brings you humbleness and humility. And humbleness brings you honor. These are universal truths that Prophet spoke of. So now, when you're creating and developing a community, a society, an ummah, then the ummah must go through these levels of uh, inculcating these types of rules and regulations and ethics and morals and behavior so that they're known for this. And if they are not doing that, then Allah is powerful, Allah is supreme, Allah is mighty. He can show anybody and everybody what he shows, and that is that they are dishonored. That might be a better approach to solving the problems of the ummah. Most other uh, formulae, <laughs> Allah alam. Yeah. So Allah's izzah, his might and his power overwhelms. Uh, and it is uh, 
inshallah, through the teachings of the Prophet that we seek this honor and seek this might and power as mentioned before in the surah in al-Izza billah whoever is now in line to seek for seek supremacy and glory then they must know that uh, supremacy and glory is only in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the formula for this ummah the formula for another ummah might be that they remain arrogant and proud that's different we don't have time to get into those social values, but there you go. Ghafoor, the one who's ever forgiving, always forgiving. So as much as he knows that he should change you and turn you and convert you from, from being good to bad and bad to worse every day and every night, he doesn't. He forgives. He's forgiving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as you'll see later on in the surah, he is halim. He's clement and he is tolerant. So here we see that the Qur'an is now imposing Allah's might and power and power of creativity and the power in, in diversity to show human beings that he is in total control and command of whatever it is you do. But you must pay some respect to him that he forgives. As the hadith says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, he is very possessive and so on. He doesn't like the idea that he is associated with. And then the other hadith then says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still feeds people and he is very clement and forgiving and very tolerant and so on. So this shows that the divine order in human beings as individuals and as a society is one of extreme clemency and forgiveness. Yeah. Allah is able to, he's Aziz, he's supreme, but he doesn't. Why doesn't he do that? Because he's ghafoor, he's forgiving. So here we see that the, 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 the take-home point for human beings is to behave the same way with each other. I'm able to punish you, but I won't. I'm able to discipline you, but I won't. If you can't, then that's a, a different issue. If you're not able to punish people and you forgive, that's a different issue. <coughs> here... I believe that the, 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 these ayat here that talk about Allah subhanahu sending down the rain and the fruits coming out and all the mountains and the different types of people and so on and so forth has a place and value in our communities, in our societies and in our time. And that is that the, the, the ability of a community to uh, accommodate diversity is uh, very divine. So, you will see that you accommodate people based on their religion, or you accommodate people based on their, uh, or their ethnicity, or you accommodate people based on their professions, or whatever. But there will be a point where you start to separate. Now, separation doesn't mean to say you're not accommodating. So you might have a tier system of governance or a political uh, science application of how you want to rule and govern where you see there's a difference between the rule, ruler and the ruled, the governor and the governed. So you might have a tier system. If you're not born in this country, you cannot be president. Right. 
Is that true? Then if you, uh, underneath that, if you have a green card, then you can't vote. Right? And if you have work permit, then you can't do certain things. So that's the tier system. That, 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 that's, that doesn't mean to say that the, the, the U.S. system doesn't accommodate diversity. It's just the method of governance. Right? Likewise, in the Muslim system, there's a method of governance which every Muslim state, so-called, should have the prerogative to do so. And there is no room there for saying that you should not rule this way, you should rule this way, because then there's no diversity in methods of ruling. If you want diversity, then go all the way, other than perhaps dictatorship. Right? So, if a system works with a certain group of people, with a, as the Quran calls them, qawm. Qawm is a group of people. So if a method of governance works well with a qawm, then let it be. You don't have to spread everything. You don't have to imperialize your political system. No, that's not diversity. So, in our history, most of our governors, when they went to other lands, they had what we call a very laissez-faire approach to how they govern the people they were governing. It was not organized or systematic. The people didn't write PhDs on that. It is a, this, this group of people, they want to be that regulated this way, so be it. And this group of people, they want to be regulated this way, so be it. That is now diversity in governance. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that this has a, a, a place in our societies today where theoretically, I'm talking theoretically, theoretically we should be able to accommodate diversity at different levels. Like have diversity in scholarship. Right? No, doesn't mean to say that they're, they're all the same. You have one theory here called Shiism, and you have another theory here called Sunnism. Now, you can be diverse, but they won't be the same. The Shia will be very different from the Sunni because the theology is different. You, you can't bring them together because Allah wants that diversity in the way people behave at that level of religion also. So you can have a, a country where Hindus may worship this way and Muslims may worship that way. That is diversity. But the Hindu won't become a Muslim and the Muslim won't become a Hindu. That's possible. It's happened in our history, right? 500, how many years? 500, 600 years? It happened. So what I'm saying is that the, the, the issue of diversity is from the very ground level to understanding different types of fruits and different types of seeds and different types of lands and different types of mountains and then different types of people and animals and everything else to the human endeavor where Allah says that your endeavors and your, your struggles are very different and diverse. So we should be able to do that as long as we say that uh, uh, we curtail, curtail evil. Then that's another discussion in of itself. Who is going to say whether this is evil or this is not evil? So there you have the final judge, that is the Quran or the Sunnah or Wahi. And then if that Wahi comes to a person or a group of people, 
then they should acknowledge that this is a higher level of knowledge and this is a higher authority of morality and people must behave according to the higher level of authority and morality. This is one of the implications of this part of the ayah, inna Allah azizun ghafoor. So if you are accommodating, you will rule, but you will not seek to bring everybody onto the same level and same platform. So their equality necessarily may not be the answer, but accommodation of diverse religions and diversity of different types of efforts and different types of organizations might be something that we as human beings, as we go forward, might want to look into. Finally, since this is a subject <coughs> that uh, we in the U.S. face, okay, we must promote that uh, Muslims in principle appreciate diversity based on this ayah. Right. Based on the, in fact Allah says, those who know will fear Allah because they understand diversity. So the diversity issue in a non-Muslim country and in a Muslim country is now huge that if we want to now promote Islam, Islamic values, values of the Quran and values of the Sunnah, then these ayat speak very loudly to how Muslims have and should accommodate diversity without the need to kill everybody. You can be diverse and you can be accommodating and you don't have to kill and you can uh, coexist. Now, now the, the problem there is that uh, the, the, the way you, where, where do you draw the line? So you have liberals here and you have okay, not so liberals and you have conservatives and you have the ultra-conservatives and everybody else in the middle. Where do you draw the line? So I'm, I'm not talking about within the Muslim ummah, I'm talking about in the mainstream discourse in the USA, that uh, the, the, the need of the hour is to appreciate that Allah wants diversity as a cosmic reality, even though one may say and should say that my religion is better than the other. There's no harm in saying that and believing that and remaining diverse. You understand? Because there, if you start believing that your religion is on par with others, then what's the difference? Hmm. Then that's pluralism. And that's an, a religion in of itself. Yes, but we don't believe in that. We believe that this is a better one. This is Sirat al-Mustaqim. This is Nahidaya, guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the academic and theoretical prerogative to say this, to believe this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, when it comes to behavior on the ground, then you can't behave that way. What is that? Academically, theologically, and theoretically, we believe this. The other is that, what well, do you put this into practice? No, you don't put this into practice. This is what you believe. This is your faith value. This is your faith system. This is the, who you are and what you are, as Quran mentions. For you, your religion, and for me, my religion. Meaning, religions are different. Not just diverse, but they're different. Yeah. So now, in the, the, the context of 
behaving and remaining in the U.S. in order for us to coexist, this ayah speaks volumes as to our approach and our methodology because this guidance came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this guidance came from the Quran, this guidance came from Wahi. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then say that وَنُفَضِّلُ بَعْضَهَا عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ فِي الْأُكَلِ in the Quran, in another ayah, in Surah Al-Ra'd, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this, that he waters all of these fruits through one source. All of these fruits come from one water, right? one source of life. That is rain from the sky. But then he says, He has given merit of some fruits over others. He says that. So there is merit and there is a merit system. Now, within that merit system, you'll have people at the very low end, meaning the mushrik, and you'll have people at the very high end, meaning the nabi. They all can live and coexist, but in our aqidah, in our theology, in our belief, we say, and we hold the truth and the value that this is the best. As Allah says about the Prophets, that these are the messengers that we gave merit of some over others. So even in the messengers, there is a merit. They're all the same as far as being a messenger and as far as being a Nabi, but some are more meritorious than others. There's that system. And there's that diversity also that even in your merit, there's going to be diversity. So there's nothing wrong in saying that our deen is the best and our aqidah is the best and uh, whatever it is. That's all fine. However, when you promote this and when you are living and working with other people, uh, you should show that your actions speak louder than your words. That's the rule, inshallah. With this said, inshallah, we make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to understand these ayat the way they are supposed to be understood. And may he give us tawfiq to act upon them the way we should. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Sallallahu ta'ala ala khayr 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 kh